you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. It was on SNL. And so all the black SNL cast members are at, are at this canned food drive at the Wayne Manor, right? And so they're kind of in line picking up their food and Bruce Wayne's there to greet them. And they're kind of like, thank you. Thank you, Bruce Wayne. Right. But you know, Batman, right? He's like, yes, I do. It's like, can you tell him to stop beating up black people? (laughs) (laughs) You got to see this kid. In five, four, three, two, one. Como estas, everybody? Hola. I don't know any Spanish, but (laughs) we're just going to go straight into it. So did you see the article? I literally just saw it today and it fucking wrecked my ass. About the the Ajima in Long Beach. No. Bro. I haven't heard about this. Lady in Long Beach. I think she's a liquor store owner. Uh Korean lady. 
around the same age as our moms, maybe, or maybe more or less your mom. Yeah. But my mom's 60s. Okay. Yeah. So the same age as around your mom Mm -hmm. runs a store. Guy comes in, stabs her in the fucking neck like 10 times. What? Yeah. Oh my fucking God. Some dude in Long Beach goes in there and stabs her neck and she's paralyzed from the neck down now. She's alive? She's alive, barely. And I think this was her last year before she was about to retire. Oh. My fucking worst nightmare, dude. Yeah. That is literally my worst fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. That shit. That shit makes my stomach curl. It's like one of my, because my parents have been working. I mean, my parents are kind of like a neighborhood staple. Yeah. So it's a little. Yeah. No, my mom is as well. Yeah. It, yeah. You did. Yeah. My mom, you're fucking dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> not just like by me, like the neighborhood's going to fucking find yeah. you. You know? Oh, yeah. My my mom has been the same way for the community where she's at too. Yeah, people actually call her like like a real staple of the community because literally, look, this Korean American immigrant has been there for fucking twenty five years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like yeah, like my they mean my, a lot to them. We've we've had that store for thirty plus years now. Yeah, so I mean, the idea. So my parents are going to retire soon too, mm-hmm. right? But could you imagine coming to this country? Working here your whole fucking life. And by the way, too, when you're, I think a lot of people don't know, if you own like one liquor store or you own one small business, yeah, you're not you're really rich. No, like, you're not. You, you don't make a lot of money. Welcome to middle class. Yeah. You know? Like lower middle class. Lower middle class. Yeah. Not like good standing. I'm talking about lower middle class, right? Yeah. And, you know, one of the stuff that obviously there's a whole history behind this that you have to dive into as to why there is like this disparity between like, for example, like predominantly black communities and Asian communities. And I've talked about this multiple times on the podcast, but um, my parents told me this story recently too, where this, uh, this person's not a regular customer because regular customers never do this. My parents, you know, they're super sweet. Um, 99% of the customers are great. 1% pieces of shit. So this guy happens to be in that 1%. And so he comes in, you know, opens up a jar of like of um, grease and then he starts putting it in his hair. <laughs> right. I mean, this happens a lot. Yeah. You know, my dad's like, you can't do that. You have to pay for the product if you do that. Right. And he yeah. goes, what? You can't give me some grease. He goes, look at you guys over here just fucking opening stores in our neighborhood, you know, and profiting. And my dad's like, I've been here for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, we didn't just open this door. He goes, yeah. I mean, he goes, and then he goes, yeah, I bet you live like over here in like West Sacramento in a big home. And my dad's like, I live in South Sacramento. Yeah. He goes, I'm probably your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, and my dad said he got shocked. And he looked at him, he goes, well, do you live in this part? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, he's trying to one up like our poorness, you know? Yeah. And then my dad said he was just laughing. It's like, you owe me an apology, you know, yeah. like, like you're stealing from us. Yeah. I, I can't stand that shit too when people try to look like they look at us like we're um stealing from the community it's just like it sucks though i mean it's because like history wise too it just goes into whole like the whole banking system how you know these marginalized black communities weren't given loans that's 100 percent real too yeah that's real fucking real we know it and that's why we understand where we are with privilege yeah you know asian americans or just asians when they got here fuck they were given opportunities yeah they were given loans they were like told like to diligently work and 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 do all these things and they give zero of that kind of opportunity to black americans like we know this i think like the the hard part is too because 
you know, when I see these articles too, obviously it's like heartbreaking and, you know, for, for us too, because our parents are business owners, we can empathize with it and it probably affects us a lot more closer to home than a lot of other people. Yeah. Because it literally could be our parents. It, mm. it could be, yeah. you know, you know, God forbid. But, you yeah. know, when we see these articles and sometimes when I read the comments, I get fucking irritated because I, I feel like with the whole, when we talk about Asian identity and I don't really talk about it too much because it's so complicated and I feel like, Sometimes I feel like I'm beating like a, an old drum, but I, I I don't think we ever get our own voice and identity when it comes to our own issues sometimes. Yeah. It's always like, who are you speaking for? Are you speaking for this side or that side? Yeah. And it's like, you know, we kind of have our own problems too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm know? speaking for us. I'm yeah. speaking for our sides. I'm speaking about our issues. Yeah. And that's just one of the sad things. Like Stop Asian Hate is kind of getting swept under the rug. And then there was the other news of the girl in New York. Korean girl. Oh, um, I forgot her name. I think it was Christina Yunali or something. Yeah. Yunali or something. Yeah. Where and she was, oh, this is crazy. So this girl, if you guys don't know already, she was followed into her apartment. She had an apartment out in Chinatown, obviously not a great area, mm. out in New York. I think it was around 4 a.m. Um, follows her into her apartment. It has one of those like slow closing doors, but either it didn't close all the way, but he was following her like a like a flight or a step a flight backwards. Um, door didn't close, enters the apartment and he stabs her numerous amounts of times. People were saying she was stabbed 40 times. I couldn't find an article that said that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go ahead yeah. that. But she was screaming, like fighting for her life and her neighbors could hear it. But you know, New York, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of noise. People yell yeah. and fight. So you don't really know what it is, but apparently I heard she was, or I was reading that she was still alive when the cops were contacted. So she was still fighting for her life while the cops were trying to break in, but they couldn't get in. And then he escaped, but she was stabbed to death, brutally murdered. And her like clothes were tattered too. So they think they were, he was like trying to sexually assault her too. Yeah. And, you know, we hear about these stories and they kind of just get swept under the rug. And the hard part about that is that when we talk about these things, you know, some of the responses that we get is we got bigger fish to fry. It's yeah. like, <laughs> right. You know, like, like we're not American. Yeah. You know, we don't matter. One know? of the hardest things too, I think that um, people are trying to, they're kind of struggling with is the idea that I think when a lot of these things happen to Asian Americans, the first thing they people ask isn't like, I can't believe this happened is, was that person mentally ill? Yeah. You know, so there's already a built-in excuse for the person who's the murderer first versus feeling sympathy, sympathy for the person that got murdered. Yeah. It's but, like- because they're trying to figure out why would someone do this. And I understand that's right. reasonable, right? But yeah. I don't think that's the first thing you should fucking ask when yeah. somebody gets murdered. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you feel sympathy for the person that committed the crime over the victim first. But even at this point to have to even think that why, why would someone do this? Like, I don't know. Have you been reading the fucking news? <laughs> why would someone do this? I don't know, man. You tell me. Know. Yeah. It's like as if like we haven't been screaming about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You and know. like, and I understand too, it, it does make sense. Like it, 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 I think the reason why two people are trying to figure that part out is also because they're trying to say, Hey, let, let's not make this a race issue. Right. Which I understand, but you have to understand how victims feel when they're scared and they feel like somebody that they love just got taken away from them. And yeah. the first thing you say is like, well, that was a crazy person. Not how was the family? This is a heinous crime. Yeah. That's what's addressed first. Yeah. It's kind of fucking backwards to me. Yeah. Well, I, 
the way I've been like really seeing it too, it just feels like every single group of Americans, whether it's white, black, Latino, or Latinx, I guess, um, and Asian, all all sorts, everybody feels forgotten. Yeah, you know, that, that's very true. Everyone feels forgotten. White people feel forgotten too. Yeah. That's why they're You forgot that this is my country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kidding. you ever forget. <laughs> I'm kidding, but yeah. there are certain parts of this country that does yeah. feel they do feel the that South way. will rise again. <laughs> yeah. Brother. No, but yeah, fucking white people feel so forgotten. But then we're out here and we're screaming and we're saying we're being forgotten. And black Americans, yeah, they're being forgotten. Like we know this. Yeah. Uh, um, Native Americans yeah. <laughs> don't let me even literally forget bringing them up. Yeah, the real white people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like shit. Everyone is feeling less and less. They're just scratching for everybody's scratching for a voice, and you know, like I, I even uh, a while back, I did this uh, podcast where we kind of brought up the topic about the, the first time um, Nora or Aquafina got flack for her roles in her films yeah. where they saying that she's portraying this black scent, right? Yeah. And this is a very interesting topic. Um, I think the first time the way I approached it, I you know I defended her vehemently and I actually still defend her now, right? Yeah. And but I, I do want to explain why a little bit better because I think a lot of people they understood what I was coming from, but not really all the way, right? When we look at people now, um, and you have to and you have to look at it as through the lens of what's current now, right? Mm. So her and her age, she is a millennial, yeah. right? Millennials and Gen Zs, we actually have a lot more similarities than dissimilarities. Yeah. Um, a lot of millennials were raised by things like MTV. Yeah. A lot of this stuff that was kind of fed to this generation, your generation and mine, were stuff that we saw glamorized on YouTube, the internet, TV, or whatever, mm. Right. My defense of her, or not even so much defense, just the rationale for people to kind of like something to chew on is that she grew up in New York, right? Mm. And she's growing up around a culture because she, number one, she was a rapper. And they're like, oh, she didn't grow up in like the heart of New York. She grew up in this uppity area. Yeah. But everybody knows too, if you're watching this right now and you're telling me that you didn't grow up in the vicinity of an area, you didn't pick up mannerisms, you're fucking lying to me. Yeah. You're a hundred because look at me. I grew up in South Sacramento, California, right? But you hear the way that I speak. It's not completely South Sac. You'll hear flips of it here and there. The reason why is because, yeah, that's the neighborhood I grew up in, but my household wasn't like that. Yeah. So I'm like a mismatch of everything. Yeah. Same with my weird accent. Like, um, you know, born in LA in K-Town. Then I live in fucking Flint, Michigan. Then I live in Washington, you know. Um, then I live like in the fucking sticks of Washington. Like mm -hmm. sticks, sticks, where everyone has this trawl. You yeah. know, and I lived there for a number of years. Not only that, I'm, we're also speaking Korean at home. That mm -hmm. changes the way we speak English. Um, that's why my accent is just my accent. I sound the way I do because I've just been all over the place. Yeah. And, and a lot of people now are like a digital representation of that, right? Yeah. That's why you hear, dude, I was at Disneyland and I heard these three little white kids, they're just walking around and they said some really like gangster shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, where the fuck did they learn this phrase? They're like, hey. He was like, hey. He's like, hey, remember, snitches get stitches. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where'd you learn that shit? You know, but once again, they're watching shit on TV and they're watching things online, you know. TikTok. TikTok or whatever, right? So when people look at somebody, they say, well, because you're here, this is how you should speak. I don't really think that applies anymore. 
Yeah. Everybody's picking up everything else. Dude, uh, Rich Brian. Oh, yeah. Look at him. Look at him. His original name was Rich Chigger. Yeah. And all, all these things, his original, his old videos are pretty provocative. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this guy grew up in fucking or Singapore or whatever, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Indonesia. Indonesia. I'm sorry. But listen to his English. Yeah. He learned it on the fucking internet. Yeah. He learned the internet English. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And look what it sounds like. Yeah. Black American. Yeah. Because youth culture and internet culture like, uh, is like follows what black Americans are following, like young well, youth, black culture. Here's the thing too. Like I also want people to realize too, you guys have to understand that black people are the coolest people on earth. Yeah. Hands down. It doesn't, I don't give a fuck what you say. Dude, how many fucking white people fucking sound like black people on Twitter? When they talk and when they want to fucking period well, it's, it's, something. It's like, it's like, it's like hip hop culture, yeah. right? And I, I think when we say like black Americans, I'm talking about hip hop culture because black people are, black culture d- created hip hop. You yeah. have to give them credit for yeah. that. So at the end of the day, when I look at this, it's like, this is how I, I didn't put it like this, but this is what a producer friend of mine said. He goes, he said that he always felt a little weird about how sometimes people would try to Number one, tell people that hood shit is black shit. He mm. doesn't like that association at all. Yeah. He goes, I want to keep those two things very fucking separate yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't personally like that. And he also says that number two, he always felt weird about like sometimes the music that he would create and he would see like some, like a white kid do shit and it gets popular off it. But he goes, at the same time, I'm the one who made those beats and I made it popular. Yeah. So we're, but without those people, we're selling this product to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that was just his perspective on it. Right. The issue that we have here that I see a lot and when, with the whole Aquafina thing, um, or not just her, what how everybody feels about this subject matter is that within this group, there's a controversy, right? That you'll see. And I'm just kind of seeing it online where there's half people saying, hey, when she was in Crazy Rich Asian, no, I'm sorry, uh, Oceans, whatever, 15 or whatever. Whatever. Eight. Eight, whatever. Yeah, the little <laughs> Oceans eight. She was, beat, she was the dealer and doing the cards. So like, she's not imitating black culture. I think that's offensive. She's imitating a hustler, hustler in New York. And whether you're black, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Asian, whatever, white, whatever, whatnot, if you grew up in the, in the heart of the city, this, these are what the hustlers sound like. Yeah. And that's what she's imitating. She's oh, not yeah. having a black scent per se. You, you'll hear that at the chess tables yeah. like in New York City. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what they sound so like. So that's like half what people are defending, right? And the other people are saying, well, she's not even really from New York. So she is doing a black scent. Angie's list is now Angie. And we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Before we continue this podcast, let's keep this podcast sponsored by supporting our sponsors. IP Vanish, my friends. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Listen, I've talked about this multiple times. You need IP Vanish. If you're browsing without protection, my friends, you are out of your mind. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. What are you looking up? I know everything. I shouldn't know everything. And all that dirty little stuff that you're doing, listen, none of my freaking business, you freak. That's why you specifically should get IP Vanish. It's super easy to use. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. And you cheap motherfuckers, you know you love that word. Free, 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 free. So go to IPVanish.com slash brain and use promotional code brain and claim your 70% savings. That's IP Vanish. As in I P V A N I S H dot com slash brain. With this topic, I think for me, it makes sense why people are offended. And yeah. let me explain why before people say, like, no, it doesn't make sense at all. Just to kind of get your gears going on this. It makes sense to me why people are offended, but I don't think it's fair to pin it on her. Yeah. Right. It makes sense to me because it's the idea of this. So when we look at like Black America and, you know, Black Americans, right? When they speak with a quote unquote hood accent, all right, or whatever, like hip hop culture is influenced big in their life, right? Yeah. And you hear somebody, a lot of the times when people see it, when you, the darker your skin color is, they go, this person's uneducated. Mm. This person's not smart, mm. right? But when you see somebody, when they see somebody who is fair skinned, for example, like Nora, she does this, they go, wow, that's unique. Or that's funny. That's funny. That's yeah. super cool. But how fucking unfair is it that when this person who has this skin color, when they do it, suddenly they're uneducated. Yeah. They're dumb. They're hood. So I can, so for for people that say saying it doesn't make sense at all, I think that's wrong. Take a second to think about that shit. That's fucking annoying. Yeah. So I understand why people are annoyed. And I think for me, when I was out in, when I did my last college show, I was trying to explain it to some of these kids and they understood it too. I was like, if you don't understand that because you aren't black American, or African-American. Yeah. I'll put it to you like this. Remember when you were an Asian kid and you went to school and you brought your fucking noodles and rice and people yeah. are like, that's worms. Yeah. That's gross. Ew, it stinks. And then ten, fast forward 10 years, you see a fair-skinned white chef throw soy sauce in his dish and they go, wow, look at this fusion. Yeah. This is some new shit. This is the oriental flavor. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and he gets praised of being the yeah. chef that's creating innovative flavors. For all the shit we got made fun of. For. Exactly. And got and, bullied for, straight bullied. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how I think I would feel about it if I was a black American or African American. It's like, you've taken something from us that you made fun of us. You said that we were uneducated, stupid. And when somebody else does it, that doesn't look like us. And now it's fucking cool. Yeah. That's where it becomes fucking annoying. So I think that emotion gets tied to her. But I don't think it's fair to do it to her. Number one, because of the generation that she grew up in. She's imitating a character of a New York hustler, not somebody of a certain skin color. Yeah. And then on top of that, she's also acting. She didn't write the script. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, that's my defense of it, right? But this whole thing in America, when it comes to like race, it's just such a touchy subject here. Yeah. You know? Like I mean, even, yeah. like it, it, it seems like it has to be like so specific to the character and you're pointing out the character that Nora was playing. Yes. Right. But then have you seen that video of that white kid who grew up in Hong Kong? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hella Asian. Yes, a thick fucking Chinese accent. How dare he appropriate English. our culture? <laughs> but yeah. But look, man, like make a movie about this kid. Yeah. Right. You got to. OK, then you got to cast a white kid. And this white kid has to speak in this Chinese accent. Sometimes a character calls for it, guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be one of the kids in Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, and he just starts going off and saying yeah. shit. Dude, um, I mean, look, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, It's so I'm, complicated. It's because people want to be represented, right? But Nora's representing a type of person that is very unique in New York that it fucking exists. Yeah, it exists. They exist. But yeah, that's 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 the part where it gets really tricky for me, you know? Yeah. And it's just America and race issues are always odd. Like even the idea that certain parts of this country refuse to teach the the black history part mm-hmm. of our history, right? In America. Which even for me, like the idea of calling something black history, hear me out, doesn't make much sense because black history is American history. Mm-hmm. You should teach it yeah. in all fucking schools. Yeah. It's a huge part of this fucking country. Yeah. Why, the fact that you have an option to even take it out is so stupid. Yeah. I mean, that CRT shit is like a whole nother bag of fucking, bu- not bullshit, but like just chaos. Yeah. The critical race theory, right? Yeah. Critical yeah. race theory. I mean, like, and, you know, what, we, what we're talking about right now for the last however many minutes is critical, critical race, race theory, theory pretty yeah. much, you know. It's, it, it just annoys me the fact that black history has to be something that has to be ent- implemented when really it's just part of it's history. It's yeah. a part of America's history, yeah. backbone, the culture. Everything yeah. that you see, right? Like I, I literally just said it. Everything that black people have made and touched has been turned into something cool. Yeah. They are the epitome of a culture that knows how to take their fucking lemons and make lemonade out of yeah. it. You look at something, even this, if you like fucking smoked barbecue, you love black people. Mm. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. taking you. these scraps, these, these tough pieces of meat that they yeah. were given and turning it into something tender Fun and cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think that there's parts of this country that doesn't, they don't want to teach this part of the part of history. And yet at the same time, they can reprimand, you know, countries like China who wants to get rid of their parts of history because they don't want, and they, you know, they have their nose up at people at China when they're doing the same thing here. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, you can read it on the news, man. They're trying to literally just take out so much shit out of school books. And like, there was a big thing last month about there was huge book burnings all across like different parts of America, because I guess some states made it legal to burn a book, you know, or they just like got rid of all these like controversial quote unquote books at 
public libraries. Dude, just understand. I like I'm not trying to get on my social justice shit. I think these are just facts. Yeah. Black history is American history. It is. And from somebody who didn't, you know, I'm not I'm Korean American. I was born in Korea. When I look at it like that, it's like that just is what it is. There's no how many times, and by the way, too, this is why it's also obnoxious to me. It's like, how many fucking times do I have to hear about fucking George Washington's stupid wooden teeth and his yeah. fucking apple? <laughs> yeah. Why it, is that ever relevant? They, you, do you realize, too, in elementary school, yeah. they bring that shit up like three times over? Tell us the part when the, when they told the slaves to build the White House. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, that didn't happen, dude. <laughs> yeah, to build all the roads and build all the cities. Dude, and, there's, and, pl- there's places in New Orleans that if you go right now, you could still see, uh, I forgot what the title for it is exactly, but you could see the fingerprints of the slaves who built the brick houses there into yeah. the fucking bricks. Right. Yeah. But you don't want to teach it in history, which does not make sense to me. It's not to reprimand, you know, white Americans or anything like that, but- it's a part of, of history that built this country that people should fucking know. Yeah. Which it's like when you give black people an opportunity, white people feel like it's being taken away from them. <laughs> right? Which I think is a good way to segue into what being a forgotten white American feels like. Peacemakers, baby. Right. Peacemakers. How apropos. Yes. Peacemakers. So, you know, Ed has been trying to get me to watch it, which I did, but I was moving and setting up this podcast. Finally had a time to go sit down and watch it. I watched one episode. I thought it was amazing. Sat down, watched a second, binge watched it all the way through in one day. Yeah. Because it was that fucking good. Yeah. Peacemakers is so fucking good. Number one, already love James Gunn, right? Yeah. And we've talked about um, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy being one of the best origin stories for any type of Marvel film yeah. ever. And once again, done by James Gunn. Um, James Gunn to me, in terms of his directing, I, by the way, too, the jokes- in on this point. year's on, on point. <laughs> Let's just go into the first episode. Just that first scene between the janitor, the Indian janitor, yeah. and then fucking Peacemaker made me die laughing. Yeah. And usually when I see these like really quick just banter scenes, it seems a little corny and kind of put yeah, on. Let's kill some time. It's like I I fucking live for these moments in Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because number one, it already showed, even if you didn't watch the, 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 what do you call it? What movie was it? Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad movie before, which would help if you watched the series. Yeah. But you kind of already get to see his character yeah. in that first scene alone. Yeah, right there. Even if you didn't watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, the one line that cracked me up was when he was like, you've been killing hella black people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, what are you talking about? I just killed criminals. He goes, yeah. well, it's kind of weird that the statistics show that you kill more black people than you yeah. white people. He goes, well, right. fuck you, then I'll kill more white people. Then does that yeah. make you happy? Yeah. He goes, yeah, it would. He goes, deal. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's what's so genius is, is how James Gunn off the bat is with even the, with that, it, it, it took a serious statistic and made it into a joke, which is kind of crazy genius, mm-hmm. right? But implemented it into Peacemaker's character of what he thinks he is as a superhero, right? Because only before it was on SNL. When Chance the Rapper was hosting, they did a Bruce Wayne skit, right? And so all the black SNL cast members are at, are at this fundraiser, at this canned food drive at the Wayne Manor, right? And so they're kind of in line picking up their food and Bruce Wayne's there to greet them. And they're kind of like, thank you. Thank you, Bruce Wayne, right? And then they're like, but you know Batman, right? He's like, yes, I do. It's like, can you tell him to stop beating up black people? <laughs> You got to see this skit. You got to see this skit because 
it's so fucking good it's hilarious yeah. too it kind of follows it right but then it's so hilarious that you know james gunn like made it into this character like for you to really see and look and not really make a joke out of it but like build this guy's character like where he comes from if a guy was like that and had these arguments for why he did like you know how i've heard this argument a million times about like you know that black on black crime statistics bullshit like that right mm-hmm. and, and they, were, they were touching on that the fact that like he made the argument like i just go where crime goes and then the indian guys are like yeah it's just black people why don't you like keep an eye out for white people just as much as you do for black people yeah you're right so he makes a promise yeah i'll kill more white people then yeah it's like deal <laughs> yeah look how serious this fucking the matter of what they're talking about is but how genius is it to make you fucking laugh yeah. at it because it's who this guy is and it also goes to show how dope of a fucking actor john cena is yes oh my gosh okay yeah let's talk about john cena for a second amazing amazing He's so good, number one, as a serious actor, the way he emotes and how he fucking executes comp, like comedic lines. Yes, he's that's funny so, too. That's so fucking hard to do. Yeah. He is amazing, dude. Yeah. Might like him a little more than The Rock. Than The Rock. I feel like. <laughs> dude, I think look, he's better. <laughs> yeah. The Rock as an actor wishes he was John Cena. But The Rock as an entrepreneur, yeah, he's on his own Yeah, spaceship. that's the He's a yeah. phenom. Yeah. But. When I look at their acting, and you know, we've seen The Rock in a lot of different films. You know, from a, a, you know, I'm not pitting these two against each other. I'm just telling them, you guys, about because my they opinion. had similar upbringing yeah. where they came from, WWE, and into Hollywood. And he was the one who took the crown from The Rock after The Rock left that void of like yeah. superstardom. I think John Cena was the next one up, but John Cena's acting is on another level. Yes, he's a much better actor. It's so fucking good. Like Peacemaker Two is such a complicated character (laughs) (laughs) a lot more complicated than i kind of expected watching watching the series yeah because he seems so if you guys haven't watched obviously um spoiler alert but well if you guys yeah it's all spoilers spoilers. every time we talk about something it's all spoilers because number one he's such a detraction from or what he thinks he's supposed to be a detraction from who his father is yeah his father you know you know how you have like a uh KKK Grand Wizard. Yeah. He's he's ten steps above that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's high. He is the Grand Master. So he is the Red Dragon. Yeah, right. Which is you, what's the backstory behind the Red Dragon and all this tech that he has? Um, I well, the comic book itself, where it is like part of a storyline where he is a white supremacist villain. Like DC told stories like that because DC is like. DC's characters, like, they're all in these crazy-looking suits all the time. All of them are, right? These really colorful suits. Marvel went towards a route where it was still our universe physics and science-based, right? Yeah. um, So, like, everyone has a propulsion system one way or another if they fly, Mm -hmm. right? But in DC, it's just beyond physics. Obviously, these people are gods kind of things, right? And for DC, though, t- in order to make them have more relative stories was, with that, was that they they dug deep into who they were, especially in the 80s. Yeah. You know, is when we saw a really dark Batman, too. That's where the Dark Knight comes from, the Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Frank Miller wrote those series. 
And so DC and the Watchmen came out in 85 or I mean sometime in the 80s too. My lovely brain farts, this podcast is brought to you by Raycon. You know I've talked about Raycon. I've talked about wireless earbuds that are affordable, that sound dope. They're super light and compact and that's my Raycon earbuds. I do not play. Raycon earbuds is my shit. Wireless earbuds are the best way to bring audio with you because no matter how much you shake things up, literally no matter how much you shake, you know they won't fall out your ears. I'm talking about, I go on my bike about 100 miles per hour. I'm not talking about a motorcycle. I'm talking about a bicycle, my friends. When you're really large and you go down a hill, let me tell you something. Gravity is a bitch. And guess what? My Raycon earbuds don't fly out my fat, chubby ears. Raycon offers eight hours of playtime on a 32-hour battery life, and they're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands right now. My genius brain listeners. You can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash brain. That's buyraycon.com slash brain to get 15% on Raycons. That's buyraycon.com slash brain. Yeah, this character Red Dragon over the years evolved a lot. Like he is a white supremacist. Like he his alter ego is like this um personality. I forget if he's a politician or a TV personality or some shit. But he spews these fucking racist ideologies, like these supremacists, but they're like underlying ideologies to the public, right? And so clearly he's like, this this shit ain't any good. So that's a lot of where his character's background does come from. But the technology and all of that stuff, I think they made it just for the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was so confused. It's like, <laughs> why does he have all this shit? I don't understand this, you know? I I, I think it's it's one of those, I guess superhero tropes like 007 has q or whatever too but like you know bruce wayne having lucius fox or whatever i think they just served it into the story that his father is responsible for all of peacemakers Peacemakers. suits his uh equipment his training right i mean and that that was explained in like just a few lines in suicide squad yeah he was in prison right amanda waller was like his father trained him to fucking kill murder and do all this shit but then what the show is also revealing, though, is that especially in that opening uh, dialogue between the janitor and he was that um, everyone believes that he's a racist. Everyone thinks he's a supervillain. Everyone thinks, yeah, he's just like a fucking murderous bad guy. But <laughs> he's oblivious. He's oblivious. He really in his head believes that he's a superhero. That he's always doing the right thing in the name of peace, right? I think it's how fucking odd this villain. His yeah. name is Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. His father has that cloud over his head too, because everybody knows who his father is. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course, the apple doesn't fall for, fall far from the tree, right? And that speaks into a lot of white Americans these days, like our age. The 30s, 20s, even the four, the Gen X white guys, you know, I mean, they were tired of just being called racist mm-hmm. just because their fathers, they know their fathers are right. I mean, we know white boomers like, yeah, <laughs> come yeah, yeah. on, man. You yeah, know, yeah. it's very hard to find, you know, like it's, they're just, you know how they are. They're, it was, what, it was taught to them. Yeah, that's what how they were. They like lived through the civil rights movement and all that shit. And a lot of them were against it. Yeah. You know, and they're alive today. That's what we know about boomers. But a lot of Gen X, especially, like they weren't like that. They were just raised by them. And that's who Peacemaker is. And and generally online, you see some 
a 30, 40, 50 year old white guy, you assume he's a racist. Yeah. Just cause. Yeah. You know? I mean, these are things I had to go through too, through my therapy because of all the shit I've told a million times about the shit I went through at the store. Like I had started getting this generalization of white people. So I went to therapy because I was recognizing that I was being a fucking racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so I, I was just so amazed how James Gunn touched this topic. Like, because I, I was saying earlier, even white Americans feel forgotten, right? And he dove into that story of a forgotten white American. He was told he was going to be great. He was white Americans too, you know, they're told that they're owed the world, mm-hmm. you know, and they're given everything. But look at him living in a fucking trailer. His best friend is a fucking eagle. His other best friend is autistic. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, not that that's a bad thing. I'm yeah. just saying like, um, they're not, he specifically says that he, he's around people that don't communicate normally well at yeah. all because he eventually hangs out with a fucking butterfly. Yeah. Because regular, like neurotypical people and all that stuff, like just general society hates him, you know? So he does, he does, that's why they're not his best friends. These people who are just out of like humanity type of people are his closest people because he doesn't have to talk about all the reasons why they hate him. You know? It's interesting because there's a part of the film where you are not film. It seems like a film, but the series yeah. where you get to see the origin of how toxic his relationship is with his father. Right. Yeah. And like the onset of his trauma is actually the death of his brother. Yeah. Where his brother, him, he, he and his brother were forced to fight each other. Yeah. Right. For, for his dad's like little UFC backyard club. Exactly. Bullshit. And then he decks his brother and his brother has a seizure and he chokes and he dies. Right. But his father looks at peacemaker and says that, you fucking idiot. You killed your brother. You killed your, yeah. Like this is Look your fault. Done. Yeah. Right. Even though clearly it's not his fault. Yeah. It's his piece of shit. Dad's fault. Yeah. Right. And his dad also too has his own delusions. His dad is just as delusional as he is. Yeah. He doesn't see that he blames. He, he literally blames his son for the death of his other son, even like, though it's his fault. You used your kids as a fucking cock in a cockfighting ring. Yeah. Basically. What in Little the fuck? boys, like they weren't even teenagers at Mm-mm. that point. You yeah. know, like he's very clearly a fucking terrible bad guy. So yeah, um, played by Robert Patrick, right? Uh, T one thousand. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is great crazy. Casting. Yeah, <laughs> like wow, you look way different. Yeah, I mean this this role really revives his career for sure. She he was so fucking good at playing a piece of shit, shit. asshole. Oh dude. my god! So the first episode, uh. Peacemaker gets out of the hospital and, um, you know, cause in the suicide squad, he was in prison after whatever operation they did, he's supposed to go back to prison, but he just goes home. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, so he goes to see his dad and, and we get to know his dad and he's a fucking homophobe. <laughs> yeah. He's a racist. He's a misogynist. He is all everything. Just piece of shit. Boomer. Like, yeah. And so that's who Peacemaker was raised by. Right. And then, um, like he calls him the F word. <laughs> like a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
you disparages the fucking Asian detective. Dude. <laughs> Their banter Dude. was like... The racist Asian jokes, he called her chopsticks. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was making me laugh so hard because yeah. of... It was like the oldest racist Asian jokes yeah. you could ever think of, dude. Yeah. They were like... They were too easy. Mm-hmm. Him, right? Like... I mean... And it's obviously so because he's such an old guy. I think it just served more than... He's just this old piece of shit. <laughs> Also, too, one of the things that I really fucking loved was the the Asian actress. I wish I remembered her name right now. Apologies, I don't remember your name. But she was so fucking good. Yeah. And then she also had her detective partner, who he essentially was playing the same person that he was in White Chicks. Yeah. <laughs> he was also the baby dick guy in Scary Movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that fool was cracking me up because I was like, dude, this fool James Gunn saw him in White Chicks and he was like, you're just going to play the yeah. same detective in White Chicks here. I need you. <laughs> yeah. And he just got to play the same character. Yeah. Fool's cracking me the fuck up. Um, but yeah, uh, so we know his father's a piece of shit. And so it's, it's expressed by his neighbor. The next door neighbor like yeah. gives him shit and like thinks he's that he's a super villain too, just like his dad. Mm-hmm. His dad is a retired super villain. Yeah. Oh God. When when, so. when they um <clears throat> somebody who I really really fucking liked in the show too was who turned out to be his best friend. I forgot her name right now. She was uh, Hark Harcourt. The uh, no the Adebayo. Adebayo. There you go. She was yeah. so fucking. She was good. good. She was oh so my good. gosh, she was so good in this show. Yeah. And he she it, it was interesting because her placement in. In the whole, the new Suicide Squad anyways, was she was a spy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or her mom. Yeah, double agent. Yeah, she was a double agent the whole fucking time. But the fu- even that too is hilarious too because she's supposed to be the secret of double agent spy. And I think she worked at what, a Bed Bath & Beyond yeah. before or some shit? <laughs> she's just like, she's so human. Yeah. You know, but then this is just what she does because there's that running theme of who her mom is. Like, yeah, the first Suicide Squad movie was a piece of shit, but then you really get to know Amanda Walsh. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis in the Suicide Squad was really good. And then the the next Suicide Squad, that's ah, so hard. There's Suicide Squad and then the Suicide Squad, which mm-hmm. is the second one. Um, she was also like showing her fucking ruthlessness in that. Then when we see Peacemaker, we're seeing, oh, this is the offspring of Amanda Waller. And so as viewers, we know who Amanda Waller is. And how fucking evil she is. But then we're getting to see the other side of the coin of Peacemaker and his shitty dad with Arbayo and her shitty mom, you know? And it's like two polarizing different type of, pe- type of people who become fucking best friends. Yeah. Oh my God. The other sides of two worlds. Yeah. Right. And who can write that better than James Gunn, man? <laughs> and by the way, this is a guy too who was purported as a fucking racist. Yes. Right? And, yeah. his, and his best friend at the end of the day throughout this whole series becomes this young black woman. Yeah. That's his best friend, which is kind of like his redemption. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dude, so good. So good. I mean, the the way it, we we see his character build and grow and such, right? Like um I I, I said in the last podcast when we were going to catch up on this uh harcourt the the bond lady blonde lady is that her name i can't remember i watched it so fast um she represents the rest of all of us as well as it's the way we see you know peacemaker like ugh, like you're gross you're gross you're misogynist i I don't want anything to do with you i mean he's definitely 
a little slow and a little gross too, though. Yeah. Especially like in the bar scene where he's, he's just trying to fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, dude, just give me a fucking break. I just want to be alone. Yeah. But then, I mean, like, but that that's the thing. He's just so like, yeah, this is what I want. Yeah. yeah it's a matter of fact, right? But then we also see that there is a, his intentionality in, in so many things because that's his intention, right? His, his intention is to fuck her. So he's trying to play his game. Yeah. But then when they're at the restaurant earlier and he orders something and he calls the waitress sweet cheeks, yeah. right? He's like, what? What do you mean? I'm talking about her cheeks on her face. What do you, that's so gross. I'm not talking about her butt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like there's this weird innocence to him, right? Because of his fucking ignorance. Yeah. You know, it's like his ignorance doesn't lead to just his racism. That you know, vibe made me laugh so hard, yeah. dude. When he was talking about her face, it's like, talking about her fucking face. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what a stupid fucking lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's what's so great about this show and James Gunn. Like, these little, small, little quibbles and, 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 and the fucking banter that they have is just so fucking great. They have, but, like, each one of them serve a purpose for who they are and why they think this way. And which did you also notice, too, that way. the waitress... She interpreted the way that he said it. Yeah, she had no problem. She with had no it. problem with it. And all the whole table is like, "Ew, that's so gross." Yeah. He He's like, what? "You're gross." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! We're only talking about the first episode so yeah. far, right now. You it's, know, it, for real though. I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. There's so much to talk about this. Um, what 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 happened in the second episode? I, man, I can't. It just it all comes together yeah. like a film at this it's, point. Yeah, because. It, there's eight episodes. It's and they're forty minutes each. Yeah. So we're looking at five, six hours, hours, <laughs> hours. Yeah. Hours of content. Another good part of the film was it kind of always goes back. Um, and I, if you guys have been listening to these reviews, one of the biggest things that makes me enjoy a film is character consistency. Yes. Right. There isn't a re. There is. There isn't a random reason to why things just happen. There's. You could see these little glimpses of their either their humanism or their dehumanism, like in, yeah. in their character, to make us feel uh, a certain way about them. So you know, we we're talking right now about Peacemaker being a very conflicting character. The assassination scene. Where oh he's yeah. Supposed to kill that little kid. Yeah. And, but but they are so okay. So there's these aliens. They're like these butterflies. And they take over human brains and control them, right? And they get intel that this that the governor of Washington State. So oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's let's leave, like go on a tangent for a little bit. It's set where my store is in Washington. In Washington, dude, Peacemaker could have been my fucking customer. Yeah, you know that's why I love this show. You know because through my therapy, like it helped me resolve like my resentment for that area out there. And this show really opened up the humanity. Of you know the people, who Peacemaker man. is, though, right? Peacemaker is the fucking employee that you had that got shot and he came yeah. to work. <laughs> <laughs> He's Peacemaker. He's Jimbo. Yeah, the fucking dude. heart of gold. Yeah, that's what he is. Yeah. Better. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.
my lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest in flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too, but here's a breath of fresh air. Fume, it's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. Better help, better help. It's all about that mental health. Listen, I have used BetterHelp for a very long time. You guys already know this. And, you know, there's a reason why there's still a constant sponsor on this podcast is that if you've heard this ad before and you haven't tried it yet, just give it a go, man. BetterHelp Online Therapy offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And by the way, it's much more affordable than an in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. I'm telling you, if you focus on your physical health, you should focus on your mental health too. It's just as important. As a matter of fact, maybe even more important than your physical health because if you're not help- healthy up here, you're not going to be healthy anywhere else. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Genius Brain listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash genius. That's dot com slash genius. It's just ignorant to whatever else is out there. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just through his his thoughts, his ideology, his beliefs, and that's the world around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but when he's exposed to the rest of the team who come from all over the corners of America, you know, they judge him super hard. When I was watching the film too, and I saw his interactions with his dad, you see Peacemaker and his dad. So I was like, that's you and your dad. bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. literally you and your dad. Yes. Yes. So we were going to, that's the last thing that I mentioned in the last time we talked about uh, Peacemaker was that Peacemaker is a better Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. right? And yes, we fucking bring up Shang-Chi all the time and we shit on it, like whatever. Um, we, I had a problem with the Shang-Chi father-son relationship because, you know, I've mentioned in the past, my dad was a gangster in K-Town. Uh, he was part of a, a, crew, a gang called KK. Um, he wasn't gen- a general good person let's say right so i know what it's like to live under that kind of person but when i saw shang chi i wish when mu was my dad you know that kind of love like for him to teach like the 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 kind of lessons he taught and whatever like he wasn't a bad father because he was strict yeah for no reason for no reason right um but then what we talked about was the problems that shang chi had was that it didn't show the yeah. exposition. It just told us, right? And this was the scene where he's crying in front of the lake or whatever. 
where he says that his father sent him on a mission to kill the the gang leader of whoever killed his mom. And he did go and kill them. But he told it in a story. We needed to see that happen. Just yeah. know like what created this Shang-Chi and this hurt and this regret and all these things. Yeah, because especially then when you kind of just tell it in words, in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, no shit. Uh. Motherfucker killed your mom, bro. Right, right. And like it, it didn't show us a badass assassin. It showed us a good guy in hiding who didn't want to be an assassin. But like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, because that's something we didn't see, right? Because also, too, the reason why that doesn't make sense is the fact that at this point, getting vengeance for somebody killing your mother over these people who are essentially villains is that makes him the good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you guys have to understand, like, why I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it didn't make sense. And that's, like, the plot point to a lot of other superhero stories. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, I, I don't I don't understand how how that was missed. You, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just a little. But, you know, when you see, when you're wrapping back to Peacemaker, you see what a piece of shit yeah. that is. Yeah. So, and we see in a flashback how he was in a, like, a, like a cockfight with his brother because his dad organized these fucking fights. Between that, they're adolescent children, pretty much. And he accidentally kills his brother because he hits him, and his brother goes to a seizure and dies. And his father blames him for that as well, right? And then later on, we see how his father starts raising him, where he hands him a knife. So in Shang-Chi, when we hand Shang-Chi a knife, like a, 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 a like a, what do you, it's, not like a specific yeah. knife. It's like a spear end or whatever, right? Um, and that's why as soon as I saw the scene, I was like, holy shit, they're fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. Though, like when he hands in the knife, we see a guy tied up in a fucking chair begging for his life. And his father is calling him like all these derogatory names, and, like a pussy, like to fucking kill this guy. And he, as a child, stabs this guy to death, right? And then we see peacemaker praying praying to god like please like like take this away from me all this shit like i will i'll do whatever i'll do anything for peace anything for peace and this is where he more or less like where he is mirrored with his best friend vigilante Mm -hmm. where they are stone cold killers murderers (laughs) he has an argument with his neighbor about batman (laughs) Dude, that shit was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like the banter, like once again, this like so much gold in every single one of their rants. Like when he so he talks about Batman, he calls him a fucking pussy. A pussy. <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't have the guts to kill the Joker. He doesn't have to kill the guts to kill anybody. He just throws him back in jail and they just fucking get out. And then they wreak havoc again. Yeah. He should just fucking kill them. Right. I think the funny thing is like, dude, I'm just having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just fucking with them the whole time yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's your problem bro yeah. I mean it's so hilarious to me that this is an official DC Warner Brothers project mm-hmm. and they talk so much shit about the Justice League yeah <laughs> like that's another hilarious thing about his character is that he knows he, he tells all these rumors about every single uh, Justice League member right 
And he's like, what? I heard it on Facebook. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? You, you mean some random guy on the internet would just lie to me? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. It, it's, it's like Aquaman. He yeah. fucks fishes. Well, he fucks fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the ongoing joke, right? So fucking hilarious. Like, and it, it's, it's like they're Deadpool, I think. Mm-hmm. That because since this is their uh, rated R property, they're just going to go there. Yeah, but it's Deadpool without it. the fucking over jokes and the constant yeah, breaking the of the constant. Yeah. God, fuck, man. Like Deadpool 1 was like, oh, it's cool. Yeah. And Deadpool 2, it went, it, it went two times the jokes. Obnoxious. I was like, one was borderline a little too much, but it was yeah. so funny. Two, how do you, why would you double that? Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. It was ridiculous. It killed all the scenes with that, that he had in this dream state with his fiance. You know, I heard, um, I think was it Tim Miller? He was the one who did Deadpool one, I believe. Yeah, the first one. So he was off of Deadpool two. Yes, and I think he went head uh, butted heads with uh, Ryan Reynolds, of course, about the joke stuff. He wanted to go. I, I think there was an, a little bit of an argument between um, kind of where he wanted to put the story in, and it was less jokey Deadpool. Yeah, um, and I think Ryan Reynolds didn't like that. Yeah, and they butted heads. So Tim Miller, who are they going to choose? Tim Miller, Ryan Reynolds. Adios. Yeah, you know? it was an easy choice. Yeah, I mean, like typically, like that. I get it though. Like um, to make a less jokey Deadpool, like I, if it, it was make equal, sense. it yeah. wouldn't make sense either. Yeah, yeah. That it's just kind of like having a a less dark, gritty Batman. Yeah, you know, it's just like wait, that's not Batman. Exactly. Yeah. They introduced that one kid, the the one little Asian kid, Judo. Yeah, yeah, Judo Master, <laughs> Judo Master. <laughs> Well, he's <laughs> fucking up everybody, dude. Yeah. So I fucking looked up this guy. I'm sorry. I can't even remember his name. He's a Vietnamese kid, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's not as short as he is on the show. They use, it really looks like they use CGI to shrink him. Oh, really? Yeah. He's not that small in real life. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's supposed to be eating Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's flaming on Cheetos and he talks mad shit. Yeah. <laughs> That shit was so good. Every character was so fucking dope. Yeah, dude. it was so good. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand. I was getting frustrated because he couldn't kill this family that they found out were butterflies. Yes. Yes. He could. I was getting frustrated at first. But once again, there's a reason why, especially when it came to that kid. The he kids. fucking killed his brother. dude. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why he was having this crazy flashback or whatever. And. I think like at this point too, they they were even showing it early on was him kind of realizing that, yo, maybe I am a super villain because yeah. <laughs> he keeps killing people, yeah. <laughs> you know? And just from that, from these conversations of him starting to realize what he's doing and people's perception of him. Right. And you see that when he goes into the trailer, which was a really cool humanizing moment where he was crying. just crying. Right. Oh, so leading up to the end of the first episode, he kills the the first lady he fucks. <laughs> oh yeah. The butterfly. Yeah, the butter she ended up being a butterfly and then he uses the helmet his dad gave him. Um uh some sonic boom thing, yeah. and he obliterates it. By the way, this Disgusting. this whole show was very gory as well. Mm-hmm. Um but it was pretty badass. The fight scenes too very done very well. Mm-hmm. Um but uh uh what wait, what so I'm so sorry. What are we talking about right now? We were talking about his first I started with his brother why he couldn't kill it, kill his brother. Um, and with the reason why is because he had, um, he couldn't kill the kid because of his brother. Right. Right. And then I talked about the butterflies and then we mentioned the, um, the fucking, what's it called? <laughs> oh shit. What were we talking about? 
Yeah, oh man, I was trying to lead up into what happens when he goes into oh the trailer. He starts crying, crying in the trailer. He starts yes. crying in the trailer, right? So after all that shit happens, he has like a really shitty escape, you know, um, where uh, he gets out of the situation, but everyone gives him shit for it. And then uh, when he goes back to his trailer, he starts crying. But then what is he saying as he's crying? Everybody hates me. Everybody hates me. You're <laughs> such a fucking dumbass. Yeah. And he starts disparaging himself like, it's true. You're a fucking idiot. You don't know anything. Um, Because outside of that exterior of being a hard ass like jock who fucking makes fun of everybody, you know, um, he he pushes people away like intentionally for some reason he can't understand at that moment and he's just pulling his eyes out and that's when we meet vigilante coming in he's like what are you doing what's going on right and his character too vigilante great he's highly on the spectrum he's so on the spectrum um it he can't even process emotions yeah his his emotional thing like i mean it's used for comedy too but it's done very well because we have friends that are kind of like him. They're not too as that kind of extreme, but then like I think he touched it so well into this character who is just like not on our thinking plane. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the scene that cracked me up so fucking hard was when Peacemaker was supposed to get tortured, but they just kept torturing vigilante. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then the alien butterfly it's like we know that humans feel empathy towards another so you can't stand to see your friend get tortured fucking do it. yeah he's like do it i don't care yeah. <laughs> so he, he almost cuts <laughs> off his toe and then you know it goes back to them in the car and he was like you know thank you for this fucking experience he's like i almost lost my toe he's like you're being sarcastic yeah he's <laughs> like you're you're mad at me no i'm not yeah <laughs> but clearly he is yeah. you know the banter is is so amazing. I mean, the little like through lines, like it's it's never feels like it's wasting time, mm-hmm. right? A lot of shows sometimes because oh my god, we have ten episodes to fill, like put in like fucking f- filler shit, like you know you know how Dragon Ball Z was growing up, like between them waiting for the manga to finish, mm-hmm. they had to animate all this bullshit stories. Yeah, you know that's not canon, episodes, right? And even like it so you get a contract for this many episodes and then oh my god so you have to fill in all those scripts and sometimes like you have a montage to kill time for bullshit or whatever but like this show is so fucking solid all the way around where every scene and every line like like serves a purpose towards learning who their character is or progressing the plot or even if it's for the sake of comedy and it's totally irrelevant holy it hits so it's funny hard man yeah and that's why i was saying it's the best show on tv so far yeah like this year yeah i i binge watched it so fast and there are certain things that i do binge watch and i feel like there are a couple episodes i just go through just to get over it so i can get to the meat of the story yeah it it ended so well it started well and the meat of it was really really fucking good and like they even go into the more well you'll see what the butterflies are for it talks about fucking environmentalism yes yes <laughs> you know and then so once again they they I, I mean i like where all these superhero stories are going so far because a lot of people thought that there was superhero fatigue and so there'll be a lot less superhero like okay the the it's it's gonna crash or whatever like just like the way we saw westerns they used to be huge and mm-hmm. not, nobody watches them so um but superhero movies still find a way to reinvent themselves yeah right and like this extends like really well into looking into new ways of how to look into the mind of a superhero yeah 
Yeah, really well. And, you know, when they, when they, so basically with these butterflies, they're an alien form that came to this earth because, um, you know, there's a lot of abundance on it and they were living very quietly at first, but their planet got destroyed because of them kind of ignoring these tail signs of like pollution and what they're doing to their environment right. through like technological advances or whatever, which is essentially what humans are doing here. Yeah. And so now there's this moral choice. It's like, so now they've decided to take over for earth for the sake of mankind and take over everybody on earth. Right. So they don't destroy earth, which is their last place to be because they've already fucked up their earth. Right. Which is fucking dope. I was like, yeah. and it kind of goes into this idea and you guys will find out that one of the, the, the head person in the suicide squad team that put them all together he turns out actually to be a butterfly. Yeah. But he's not looking to take over Earth. He is against his own kind because he doesn't believe it, that saving Earth from themselves by taking them over, by taking away their free will is saving them at all. Yeah. He thinks that it's morally corrupt and it's wrong. Right. Which is a really complex topic. Right. And it gets even more complex with Mern. His name is Mern, right? Because he, I think Peacemaker calls him out. Right mm -hmm. on that shit. It's like, wait, but you took over somebody's body, or it might have been Autobio. You know, you took mm -hmm. over someone's body. Now, who are you to say like why you want to stop all this shit? Like you just, you know. But then he was explained like I had no choice. Like this is the only way I couldn't stop these people. Right? He took over the a bad person. He says mm -hmm. he took over the mind of a killer, a murderer. You know, someone who didn't like feel human. He was a complete sociopath. Mm -hmm. right and yes he had to go against his own ideology to complete his end goal mm. in the end but he suffers from it because he still remembers he sees all the memories in the past Everybody's of what this murdered person and killed. did and that's how he pays for it right and it's like wow like it was funny for a second and then now it's like so deep and complex about a, a character like uh what do you call it like a convolution that they're going through this yeah, this uh, dichotomy that they have to live with. That's something that I also appreciated too, is that a lot of the characters were developed just enough. Yeah, everyone had a reason. Even a the even the the nerd tech guy. Yeah. <laughs> they gave him a little little something too. He wasn't just the nerd tech guy. Die beard, right? Yeah, he was the reason why he is the way he is and the reason why Peacemaker was actually fucking ripping into him. Yeah. You know, about stuff that it was his insecurities was even revealed in there too. Yeah. So that's why when he has like these victorious moments, it's him proving to himself that he's not a fucking loser. Yeah. You know, like right. the chainsaw scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this show gets wild. Dude. That's another thing. Yeah. Like, like we're not even talking about like the other things that make the show great. We're going like deep into like character study outside of that, you know, like how we talked about like, um, uh, the matrix like we don't give a shit about the fight scenes or whatever like even in the batman the newest one where like all right fight scenes all right but we mainly talk about what's happening in the story the the wild fight scenes and the shit that happens in this movie in between all the great dialogue and character study is still like top notch yeah you know so like the the butterflies like it's kind of implement like kind of hinted like foreshadowing that um a gorilla has gone missing <laughs> yeah it, it turns out that the butterflies took over a fucking gorilla body yeah <laughs> and they have to fight a fucking gorilla that shit was so oh fucking funny dude yeah the chaos the chaotic moment somehow just like hits me too yeah, it's yeah, fucking yeah. hilarious you get to see too the extent of how much of a piece of shit his dad is is when um not even so much a piece of shit but his power in terms of 
he how he represents like the forgotten white people yeah. when he goes to jail. Yeah. Like he's he starts ha- getting worshipped. He gets worshipped in there. He yeah. is the representation of white oppression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So you know. these people in prison, when as soon as he comes in, like they they get down on their knees and they do the the fucking salute and shit, right? And then they say "Hail Dragon" or some shit mm-hmm. like that, right? And then that's the foreboding thing. We're like, oh shit, this guy is somebody. He's not just his piece of shit dad, like racist dad. Like, yeah, he's like, ooh, like this foreboding evil coming. And, and I think he paints it so fucking well. I think the one so, thing that reminded like Peacemaker too that um, makes him a really complex character that kind of reminded me of you was no matter how shitty his dad was, he was still like pining for his dad's affection. Yes. Oh God, <laughs> that 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 was my my unicorn. Yeah. Thinking that I can get this ideological perfect fatherly love from him if I love him back, mm-hmm. and that was like this dream I would constantly chase that just wasn't going to come. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's the thing too, that I that, didn't like about Shang-Chi. Yeah. Like, cause when Wu was such a great dad, to yeah. me. like, but in other people's eyes, when they see this film, right. The only thing that they're thinking about is that, is that one just beaten dead horse of a topic of, you know, Oh, Asian dad expects perfection from kid. That doesn't mean that he doesn't love his child. Yeah. That's, yeah. That doesn't mean that at all. Like your parents also too expected a certain amount of what what is called quote unquote um, perfection out of you. But do you not love your dad? Do you yeah. look at your parents like they're the, a piece of shit? Yeah. Because you'll see this part too. And I really liked how you brought it back to Shang-Chi because of this one part. He kills his father yes. in this. Yeah. He balls yeah. his fucking eyes out laments yeah right and by the way his dad came to kill him mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. he his dad even put him to that point call him a pussy you won't do it you won't fucking kill me and, and he kills him, kills him. fucking luger balls his eyes out yeah shang chi watches his dad get absorbed he goes okay yeah and he just goes yeah! away yeah ah! what the fuck your what dad was- just died and then he just like like Sia on this magic dragon. And how is he a good person? He's not. He's supposed to be the hero of that film. Yeah. Would you see this guy who is constantly pining for his father's affection, despite the fact that he's a piece of shit, which honestly, too, is way more realistic. Yeah. Because no, you see that all the time. I see it with friends of mine who have had such terrible parents growing up and they had to go through extensive therapy to figure this out. It's like, why the fuck? is that it's because he's still my dad yes and i still want my dad's love and affection yeah that is the human experience right that makes more sense and that's the the conundrum with the lost generation of white americans that it's that it's showing that these men these white men like what the rest of the world sees them as shitty especially on twitter you know but then who do they go to for advice they're shittier fucking fathers. Yeah. But these people are trying to be good people. How many times do you see these Second Amendment dudes saying, we're the good guys? Yeah. We're the good guys. That's fucking peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? This show opens up people like Adebayo to look at white Americans like him and be like, give them a fucking chance. Yeah. You know, I think that's what's so amazing. And that's what's so therapeutic to me when I yeah. see this show because of all the shit I had going on at my store. I, like I said, Peacemaker is a customer at my store. Mm-hmm. Um, it really touched 
you know, place where like it, it shows a way, it shows a path, it shows redemption, you know, yeah, through the, a tumultuous relationship that they have through the plot. Yeah. Yeah. And even at that point, too, where he feels absolutely betrayed by her. Yeah. They still find their way back to becoming friends. Yeah. Right? And trusting each other. And trusting each other, too. Yeah. That shit was tight, though, when she fucking started running in and started fucking people up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, finally, she gets to look a little cool. But she puts on the, the fucking torpedo helmet. <laughs> Dude, I was like, visually alone it was so funny. <laughs> oh my just, God. The funny thing too is like the moment she put it on, I'm like, this is a bad idea. Cause he already warned her. Yeah. Right? Like this one is, this one's a dumb helmet, you know? But it just, it was so good though. Yeah. Oh, that shit was so fucking funny too. Oh man, there's another scene that cracked me the fuck up is because throughout the whole film, they made it seem like Eagly and Peacemaker could talk to each other. They had this special communication. That's nice. Still fucking fucking animal. Yeah, yeah. Because they had a special mission for him yeah. where he had to grab this helmet and then bring it all the way over to the barn, to the barn, which is where this thing is, is this mother butterfly that basically is their source for their food and energy. Yeah. And once that's destroyed, they'll kill them. And, you know, basically oh, the, cow, the cow, the cow. Yeah. And they it kind of the whole film, oh, the whole series makes you feel like Eagly is hyper intelligent yeah. and understands everything Peacemaker says. Yeah. It's He's like a, some kind of Scooby-Doo shit or something. No, but this no. one takes the helmet. It just drops off in the middle of a forest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, because they built it up because like yes. Eagly hugs Peacemaker, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so, so the first time his dad sees it and he thinks it's like gay or something, yeah. he walks away. And then the other time it's like, oh my God, it's a miracle. It inspires Anabayo to to continue the mission with the team, like yeah. a sign from God. Yeah. And then Eagly goes and just does some bullshit, eagle bullshit. And it's like, it totally dies in the water. Dude, that was a genius line too, because it was Adebayo and um, the other agent, the blonde one. I think hardcore. Hardcore, hardcore, yeah. right? So she's, she's just like, yeah, man, I saw that uh, the symbol when I, you know, eagerly hugged him as a symbol that she continues. She goes, why didn't you think it was a symbol for you to just go the other way? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's what I love this yeah. show. It's just like, because, yeah, it's like, what? Why? Why would yeah. you think? It's so hilarious how it questions itself. Yeah. But, but like, because, but it doesn't so intelligently. <laughs> so at the end, there's like this point where he has to now make a choice. So he gets to see what this whole reason is about, which what I explained was what the butterfly mission right, is. Right, right. Right. And this is where, this is the whole ending chapter of his growth as a human being. Yeah. You know, because before he was kind of see everything in black and white. There wasn't really a moral dilemma when he would make his choices, right? Especially yeah. with the way that he would talk to people. Everything was just a matter of fact. Yeah. Which is like, what's up, sweet cheeks? <laughs> you know, well, she has sweet cheeks. That's what yeah. it is. Can't you see him chill? Yeah. yeah. But now he has his thing as a character where he actually thinks about his choices. Yeah. Right. And he actually decides to kill the mother cow. Yeah. <laughs> in the most disgusting the, way. The possible. most disgusting way. That's just James Gunn. I mean, did you see the Suicide Squad? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you're right. And I mean, and they had a big kaiju at the end too, mm-hmm. right? What I was so grossed out by that shit. You know me and like marine life, you yeah. know? Like uh, that shit grossed me the fuck out. And he's really good at grossing people out. But this cow didn't gross me out that bad. My roommate was f- 
fucking dying. Like he couldn't oh, really? handle looking at that cow. It was so gross and disgusting to him. But yeah, I mean, he, so he activates human torpedo. torpedo. <laughs> Pot of wearing that yeah. helmet. She fucking flies she in. She fucking and bisons right into the cow and like falls right through him and all the guts of the cow come. It's so disgusting. And that kills the butterfly's food source and life source. Mm-hmm. And so from there, they only live for the next hundred years now for whatever they have left. Yeah. Right. And then um, when they they get to the hospital to get Harcourt into, uh, yeah, into the ER, but before they do, they're walking out and the fucking Justice League appears. Did you see that coming? Oh, I didn't see that coming at all. Even that shit was hilarious. Hilarious. One simple line. You guys are fucking late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. Why don't you go fuck a fish? Yeah. And then like, and then the light, like first they're just a silhouette. Mm-hmm. And then the light comes on and it's fucking Jason Momoa. It's actually him. Yeah. It's actually him. And he's like, I hate that rumor. But, yeah. So it, it completes the full circle of, of this constant rumors that that fucking peacemaker keeps making about like yeah. all these superheroes. And then it, the camera pans and it's fucking Ezra Miller, yeah. the actual flash too. I mean, like you can see they couldn't get Gal Gadot or mm-hmm. like Henry Cavill or some shit, but still like they fucking got them. And now it's Canon. Yeah. <laughs> like it's Canon, like Aquaman fucking fish rumor. Right. It's so dope. dude. Just everything wraps up so fucking nicely, man. Yeah. It was interesting. You know, one thing I didn't understand was, so there's, uh, what was the button, the butterfly called? The leader. Mm, the one that was Goff. in the jar. Goff. Goff. So Goff is, at the end, you see Goff with Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Right? Yeah. And he still has some of the goop left from the yeah. mother. And he just gives it, and they're kind of just chilling it. with each yeah. other. Well, I guess like at that point, Goff doesn't have a mission because he's mm. going to die. So it's now it's like, yeah. all right, this is who we are. Like he's the last of his species. He's the last of his kind. Yeah. And as he accepts it, he's he's just going to because even before the the whole scene at, at the end in, in the base, the cow base, like um, she, like she tells uh, Peacemaker the entire plan that these butterflies have, which you mentioned was like to save the planet, you know, from climate change or whatever. All these socioeconomic things, this and that, that if they just take over the world leaders, then they'll make this world peace. Right. And, and this was the conversation that, um, Adebayo and, uh, Peacemaker had in the waiting room, his heart cords in the ER or in surgery or whatever. Like, like she asked him why she didn't just, you know, join the butterflies. I thought that was your, you know, um, whole mission was that you'll do anything for peace, you know, and you didn't, you didn't do it. And she actually judges, like, like assumes that he made that decision because he's this ultra, like, like right wing libertarian. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because nobody can tell me what to do. Yeah. Kind of American, right? But no, he says no, because that means I'd lose all my friends. Mm. All my friends would be butterflies. Yeah. Right. And a lot of what you see that's left in Peacemaker out of all the shit that he can't hold dear is loyalty because mm. he tries to get loyalty from his father and you know and his father came to fucking kill him yeah and yet it's this black ops team 
like even hardcore and Arabanyu have the have the argument about what loyalty and what team, you know, and what it means to be a soldier means, right? And and then that last remaining bit of what's important to peacemaker, you know, is friendship. Yeah. Is relationship. Is that Adebayo and all these people who fucking hate him are his friends. He got over the hump that his friends are like inanimate, like <laughs> a fucking alien butterfly, an eagle. Yeah. And, and this hyper autistic kid. Who he's not, he doesn't consider him his best friend. Yeah, he doesn't consider him <laughs> his best friend. He just considers that peacemaker yeah. his best friend. <laughs> but how his character has grown to accept all these different walks of life of different types of American people that we see become his best friends. Yeah. And like even his, with his relationship with Hardcore, he's not just trying to fuck her anymore. Like yeah. he's having a genuine relationship with her. It's like dude, Pe- James Gunn, that's that's just fucking A plus. Peacemaker is one of the most like I would say the most complete superhero series ever. Yeah. It has everything that I want in terms of story, acting, character development. Even the cinematography, I was telling um, uh, Ed this too. It's like the way that it's shot has like even an indie vibe to it. Yeah. It's very artistic for Mm. something so goofy. Yeah. It's a whole lot of natural light. Yes. Which a lot of people like filming in like... Uh, Seattle and Vancouver, BC is the Canadian Hollywood mm-hmm. um, because the cloudy skies 200 days of the year yep. just makes an even <laughs> like Everybody light. Everybody looks so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. But it just, it just looked a lot of like handheld shots, not a lot of things on sticks. It just had like a really good raw feel to it, yeah. which I was kind of shocked. I didn't think that the cinematography of a superhero film would be like that. Yeah. Um, so it was just a really pleasant surprise. It just had everything that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I, I like looking at series two where it ends, where it feels complete, where I actually don't want more because I think like this is good. Yeah. Don't don't fuck with this anymore. Yeah. And I'll just go back and watch it again. Mm. Like yeah. maybe they'll do like a follow-up of this, but I wonder oh, how they, they definitely yeah. have announced a season two. Okay. For sure. Yeah. It's it's just so fuck. I wonder how they're gonna top this first season. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Because, okay, so at the end, we see that the ghost of his father starts following him around. Mm-hmm. But the ghost of his father is kind of helping him. Yeah. And that was an interesting, like, character turn, like, or, or, where, the, where his story goes, right? So the ghost of his father starts haunting him, you know, because Peacemaker murdered, or not murdered, like, killed his father. <laughs> As if there's a difference, killed, yeah. murdered. Um, and I feel like the next season would be very interesting character study deeper into how he struggles to live with, because let's, yeah, like, like my father passed away too. Right. And I'm only left with the memories of who he is and how he applies into my life now, you know, yeah, you know, a lot of things that I cut out and a lot of things that still make me who I am today. So I'm very interested in how the second season comes about with the ghost of his racist, evil father yeah. following him around. That'd be very fucking interesting. Yeah. So it can be anything because I didn't know shit about who Peacemaker is in the comics or any of that shit. I mean, you can find it online, but where he's taking it anyway, like I'm there. Yeah. I'm on board. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast where we covered Peacemaker. 
for a long time coming, a lot of people have been asking for this, but fuck, was this really, 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 yeah. really good. If you don't know anything about comic books or you don't give a shit about comic books, just watch Peacemaker. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's yeah. just that fucking good. It almost looks like a, uh, a, a, it almost seems like a series that just makes fun of superheroes. Yeah. You it's know? like the, it's like, it's, it's, it's like the Deadpool for DC, but it's not so meta, mm. but it's also like Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Where it looks at to what superheroes would be like in the real world, actually, yeah. like these crazy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, you can catch Ed at Ed Park VP and Genius Brains yep. uh, every Sundays at 12 p.m. And we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.